Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, ladies and gents. This is Arndt Erickson and welcome to the Marketing at Heart podcast. For those of you who have no background on me, I worked in the creative industry for more than two decades, starting off as a classic ad man, then later moving into the world of social media with focus on strategy and innovation. My passion and purpose is to simplify the complexity of marketing. I am also the creator of 5 Minute Friday, which is on YouTube every week with now more than a million downloads. But this podcast is all about compelling conversations with inspiring people, with their personal insight and perspective on everything connected to marketing. In today's episode, I'm sitting down with the Vice President for Communication and Marketing at Kamek, responsible for the evolution of the brand both in Canada and internationally. This strong-growing third-generation family-owned company produces more than 70% of its boots in North America. As the number one children's winter boot brand in the United States, they also offer women's and men's boots and children's clothing. She's in charge of the development of communication plans, mainly in five countries and markets. She's a member of the executive committee and also responsible for the implementation and execution of the Calmic.com e-commerce website. Here she is, Catherine Fortier from Calmic. Thank you for joining me on my weekly podcast. So for one, tell me a little bit about your background. Um, I've worked, uh, now I've been working in marketing for about uh, 17, 18 years. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always been in brand marketing. Um, I've started uh, my uh, career at Johnson & Johnson, Mm -hmm. uh, working uh, in uh, um, consumer health products and then after that I moved on to food where I stayed for a number of years about 10 years in food in cheese and uh, yogurt at uh, Bell Cheese with uh, La Vache Querie mm-hmm. and uh, Danone uh, the yogurt in um, on the brand Oikos mainly mm-hmm. and then after that uh, kind of moved uh, did a big uh, big jump here to change category completely uh, to come to uh, footwear mm-hmm. so it's uh, it's 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 a nice adventure. <laughs> <laughs> nice adventure. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so tell me, like now you're at Comic, so tell me a little bit about the company and what's your role here at Comic. Yeah. 
So Kamek is a 120-year-old company. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a Canadian company. It's, it was founded, uh, was, was purchased by the, the Cook company, the, the Cook family. So it's also family-owned. Mm -hmm. uh, still the family running the company, very, very present. Uh, Mr. Cook, uh, Mr. Gordon Cook is uh, present in the office uh, most of the year at uh, 83, 84 years old. Wow. So it's a great inspiration to have them around uh, yeah. In here, so we've been uh, making footwear uh, in Canada for, uh, as I said, 120 years, and um, I've joined the company about nine months ago, so fairly new. Mm -hmm. So bringing a different perspective, uh, it's something else to see a 120-year-old company moving in the digital age and uh, trying to catch up to uh, what the consumers' <laughs> demands are. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty much my role here, but uh, the official role is in uh, communication, mm. um, but I like to think that I have a more influence in the company uh, on different aspects of the business as well mm. when it comes to uh, you know, the type of products we should bring or even how to look at the business overall. Mm. So, so how, how do you feel it is to work for a global company like, and then scaling it, like you say, with the digital presence and a digital age transformation? Yeah. Uh, what's interesting is I've always worked with global uh, at global companies. So Johnson & Johnson is a massive company. Mm. Uh, Belchies was also. So I was Canadian affiliate. Mm. I worked in the U.S. for a little, little bit. So I've only worked for global companies. Mm. The very different uh, aspect of this role is that I'm, we are, the head office was never, I, I only worked at the remote offices. I never worked in the uh, the head offices, uh, the worldwide offices. Mm. The, the, the big difference here is that we are much, much smaller than the other companies that I've worked with. Mm. And we do the strategy out of Montreal. So production, Canadian production is about 75% of what we do is North American made, mm. which for footwear companies is rare. Um, and now that's, that's a very different aspect. Uh, it's a different twist. What I've found most challenging coming into this position is trying to structure the agencies mm. around the project and how do we, in this digital world, we no longer need, I don't think that we need to look at agencies and partners and structure in countries, although the insights have to be mm. human insights uh, and also bring local taste to it. But at the same time, the main strategy can come from, uh, from Montreal. Mm. So that's a very different aspect. And also we can ask our strategic partners to cover more countries because, you know, this, this expertise can be uh, exported, I think. Mm. That's true. And you're well placed. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Just to know that. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, so what, what do you feel have changed in, in the world of marketing? What, what's different from your experience in the past and now coming into 2018? Um, there used to be, when we were planning media in the past, the media agencies were telling us that we were finding a certain recipe for the brand. And then once we had found that recipe, then we could replicate it year over year. That was something that's a conversation that I've had a number of times with media agencies. It is no longer possible that the media landscape is changing so fast. And we just had the news uh, early <laughs> la last week about Facebook yeah. changing uh, the, the algorithm around the, their feeds. And now if part of your strategy was based on that, then what do you do? Um, yeah. And so uh, the media landscape is changing so fast that we can't. So for us, it's two things. The media landscape is changing extremely fast. And the way that consumers are purchasing products also, the retail world is changing extremely fast mm -hmm. and so what's really changed is that 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 recipe that you have working for one year is no longer something you can sit on you have to keep thinking ahead of the curve so i would say like that's a critical change at least in in the way that we're doing brand management and uh i had a, another point and i forgot what it was no, oh no but the <laughs> other thing is also like, what this what does not change and it is becoming even more important mm -hmm. is Focusing on where the consumer is, finding where they are, how are they evolving, understanding their behavior, their attitudes towards products, mm. and making sure that your brand, and not just your product, but your brand is relevant. Mm. So I think that that's... Yeah. The relevancy of the brand was always critical, mm. even five years ago, obviously. But there was a, if you had a great product, you could survive. Mm. Now it seems like if you want to thrive, you need to have your brand because that's what's going to take you through yeah. the time and the changes of the, the retail landscape and the, the media landscape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a combination of do you have a brand legacy that people can relate to and have an emotional connection to? Uh, and also, which, how good are you at getting their attention? Yeah. Because uh, attentionalism is like super important today. And that, that is, again, based on what kind of trust do you have and what kind of perception does the consumer have of your brand? Yeah. So it's kind of super connected. Um, and at the same time, it's how do you make sure that you you can have a conversations, you know, like in, in this this proximity, you no longer want consumers, the, the authenticity being one of the very big uh, mm. mega trends out there. You want to make sure that the brand, people can be connecting with the brand, as you said, on an emotional level. Mm. And then once... Once they're in, then you can have other conversations. But you have to think of what the conversation is you want to have with them. Mm. Because it's, not, it's no longer just a, hi, I'm here, kind of planning the peaks. Mm. But it's how do you maintain this relationship? And it feels like a relationship, a relationship mm. uh, between the two. It has to be. Yeah. Or 
At least that's what the consumers expect yep. today. Um, so which channels has, in your point of view, has worked well up until now? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> it, it really depends on where the brand is at. So mm. the, obviously it's always where the brand is at and what, the, what your consumer target is consuming as a channel. But if I take just like the, the bigger picture overall, mm. certainly in raising awareness, the the traditional media of TV or dig, or its digital form mm. is still like a, a high reach media and that has worked very, very well in the past. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, we were able to see quite quickly, if you were putting a, an ad on TV, you could track your weekly sales mm -hmm. and see mm. for sure is your creative, your placement, is it working or not because it mm. was instant. Mm. That has worked very well in the past. Um, What's different with Kamik here is one thing that has worked well for us is all of the influencer work that we've done. And mm -hmm. I know you want to talk a bit more later about influencers, <laughs> and maybe that's a good uh, transition. But the influencers' work has enabled us to get much more visibility mm. uh, than we would have as a small brand otherwise. Mm. And so that, that is something that, that's worked well. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> so... As a as a re retail brand, shoes retail, which kind of like it's it's a very physical product. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's something that you actually you need yeah. on a day to day basis. <laughs> uh, but how is that to communicate in in the digital space, like e commerce wise? Does yeah. it work? Yeah, it works. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the thing is that even for footwear, and that's something I I was very surprised uh, in the U S. today, there's 30% of footwear sales that are done through mobile. Mm. So just through mobile. Mm. So not even through desktop. Mm. Um, and, and so close to 50% of the sales now are moving to online mm. e-commerce. It is huge. Mm. I, I was very surprised by that because, again, it's something you feels like you need to put it on. Yeah. But what the retailers have done is making possible the free returns or very low-cost returns. Yeah. And that is changing the dynamic, and mm. uh, as you've seen, also the the Amazon uh, push on um, on shopping. Uh, I forget what the the name is, uh, but in any case, you can order mm. a number of items, and you get a discount based on how many items that you keep, and then it's free return. Yeah. And so all all of that is changing the idea that you need to try things on because then you need, you can try it on mm. at home. Mm. Um, so they're just I know they're just testing it, but uh, Zappos, for example, offers yep. you free return three hundred and sixty five days. That's crazy. Mm. So people order two pairs of the same size of the of the same pair type of shoe, and then they only return the one they don't want. Mm. So it's an incredible cost mm. for for the retailer. Yeah. And so despite that, so this is why. First, the way that consumers are shopping is really changing. The showrooming is also is still very important, but the role of the retail, the offline retail, is mm. changing for mm. the consumers. Yes, they go showrooming, but they're also looking for more services. So mm. the retailers are fast catching up mm. on that kind of, uh, of angle. Mm. So us as manufacturers, we have to be able to support this offline service type of you know, supporting the retailers that way, mm. but also making sure that we're very present in the digital space so that if they're looking uh, at buying online, you're also present, you're top of mind, you're, you're visible. Yeah. So it's the double game that needs to be played uh, right now. Mm. And how how does the, the retailers respond to the fact, like I, I remember when Apple decided to launch the Apple Store 
the retailers all around the world were like, what are you doing? Like the margins are so low anyway, and now you're going to be our competitor. This is going to like ruin our business. Instead, both thrived even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and how is it for like for Comic as a shoe brand? Does the retailers feel like you're competing with them or do they feel that it's a, it's a very good addition to, to the service? Yeah. Um, the thing is that Chemic launched uh, the, the e-commerce on e-commerce only in October this year. Ah. So we came very, very late to the game. So again, as I was saying, a mm. 120-year-old company trying to be, you know, coming, yeah. <laughs> following the trends and becoming digital. So because we were so late to the game, it's expected today that you're going to have your own e-commerce site. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the way that we're positioning it to the retailers is that consumers are going to be shopping online anyway. Mm. They can't be holding 100% of our assortment because we have a hundred different types of mm. shoes mm. in all of their different colors. So our inventory and our chemic sh- shop is much bigger than what they could ever hold. Mm. And so the, the key sellers, they're still selling way more mm. than we are, obviously. Mm. Um, but our strategy is to, on e-commerce, is to have the full assortment, but not to be a competitor to mm. our retailers. So, yeah. Um, so leading back to the influencer marketing uh, thing, um, how? So number one, how? Which type of influencers do you aim for? Are you going for the 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 superstars, the ones that get the most attention, or are you more like down to the gatekeepers or the the one that knows about the products or knows about fashion slash shoes practicalities? Well, we cover it all. <laughs> okay. So we have uh, internationally we so again like we do communication mainly in six countries but then we are, we are also sold in 30 countries. Mm-hmm. And so in most of the countries where we have communication we did an influencers program. Uh, I'll give you a few examples. So in Norway uh, we partnered with uh, Sandre who's a free play expert and um, he is a not so well-known person, but his content is very, very interesting. And so mm. we want to push for the brand. We want to associate with the message that he has. Um, and so we're making him bigger <laughs> over time, I think. Yeah. Um, and so in order to give more visibility to the content he was posting, we used an ambassador that was a superstar. Mm. And then she was repurposing the content that he was producing mostly. Mm. Um, so we did that. Uh, that that works uh, at a certain level. It works, mm. and then in the U.S. we have a, our biggest ambassador program is in the United States, uh, and there we go with partners in our f- five key cities. Mm. There we have main ambassador where they're going to be like doing a program, and it's a structured program with them, and we're giving them some material to help them create content. Mm. Uh, but it's their own content, and uh, they are important ambassadors mm. and they also work with micro influencers in their program and so although in one city we have one main ambassador then we create event for micro ambassador mm. micro influencers and mm. so people that have 2000 5000 followers mm. they might be invited to the event and then creating content mm. but what we found is that often uh, the big big ambassadors are not the ones that are delivering the best results mm. Uh, and so that's why we needed this year to, we, we're in the midst of uh, collecting all of the data now, but this is what it seems to be pointing to is that the big ambassadors are more expensive, mm. seem to have higher followings, 
not necessarily the same type of engagements. Mm. Whereas if you're accumulating all of the micro influencers, much cheaper to do, more authentic mm. in terms of, and sometimes they're so happy they're creating all sorts of things that you never ask them to create and it really comes from them. Yeah. And, uh, and to me, that has more value. Mm. And so we're going to be going ahead and moving along, but it's certainly uh, one aspect that we are continuing to do. Mm. We're going to continue. Interesting. Um, so, so leading up to, to, to that, like what's, since you have this 17 years experience in marketing, like what's your point of view of what's coming in the age of marketing in the years to, or at least during 2018, I think it's hard to kind of like project <laughs> what's coming in 2019. Uh, for 2018, certainly 2018, uh, for a media perspective or total marketing? Yeah. <laughs> it's, an, it's an open question. Oh, okay. I, I think it's more based on like how do you see from from the position or the role that you have at this point. Yeah. Like how, how do you think marketing is gonna marketing is gonna affect your the business? Yeah. In, in this year. For us, uh, for us at Chemic, it's interesting because it, Every step we take is a, is often a very new one, and mm. so we're allowed to test a number of things and go forward. One thing, certainly in 2018, that will be different is creating less content, but making sure that it gets seen. Mm. Um, there was a proliferation of uh, creating things for the sake of creating because it's nice to have a blog, a newsletter, a uh, <laughs> you know. 10 posts a month on Facebook and that sort of thing. Mm. But the, the purpose is going to be more on the valuable content mm. and then amplification. Mm. Like if I had to simplify it for this year yeah. and trying to, again, learn and move forward and a um, lot more work for us on focusing on this human truth mm. around free play. Uh, but fewer, bigger, better. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that makes me happy to hear. I've, uh, I've been writing a lot of... of content regarding the fact that I think more and more companies has kind of like been fascinated and been drawn into the silver like the, the next shiny object yeah. that is like flashing and it's content creation let's just produce a lot of content yeah and kind of forgetting the principles of the brand like what's our brand message what's our vision like why should people listen to us yeah and then at the end like what's the value that we provide to our customers yeah Exactly. Um, and once you have that in place, then you can produce quality content, not quantity content. Yes. Mm. So <laughs> I think that's that's really good. I'm, I'm happy to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> if you could, like, this is like a, a different type of question, but if you didn't work in marketing, what other type of profession would you like to have? <gasps> that is such a hard question. <laughs> if I didn't have kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ah no, but certainly uh, I don't know what it would be, but I would be in the outdoors. Uh, that's for sure. So, oh, really? uh, so it would be. Uh, I started university doing a a degree on outdoor pursuit to become a mountain guide, and okay. then I figured that uh, if I was going to do that, I could never pay my bills. <laughs> so, so I decided okay. otherwise. <laughs> so I've been paying my bills. Yeah. But um, I'm. This is one thing that I love at Kamik. It's uh, it's the first time in my life that I work in a category that I personally feel very very close to mm -hmm. and so the insights that can be driven it's the, the two things it's coming from a a personal dedication to the outdoors and to a life of adventure adventure mm -hmm. on my personal side 
having a family so can make being uh, you know over 50% of our sales is in the kids mm-hmm. boots and so being able to bring insights from all sides of the the table mm-hmm. and i think um coming to like coming to a, a category that is not doesn't have the structure i guess of consumer products mm-hmm. where you overanalyze everything <laughs> so it's a different <laughs> mindset it's a different different way of looking at the business yeah um, but in any case, I think I would, to answer your question, I think I would, it would certainly be a, a, pres- a profession. Actually, I wouldn't work. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'd do. I'd travel. That's what I would do. Uh-huh. I'd travel. I'd run marathons. And uh, I would uh, <laughs> be in the outdoors in the mountains. That's what I would do. See, I wouldn't work. <laughs> I see. I see. Well, Who needs that? It's overrated. Hon- it's an honest, <laughs> honest answer. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So final question. Uh, what inspires you? Where do you find inspiration? Uh, it's a a very interesting question because I spent a a fair amount of time I'm also a coach by profession Mm -hmm. and so as coach you spend a lot of time thinking about your own uh, motivations Mm -hmm. what drives me in this work is that you can have a real impact on people's lives Mm -hmm. and so Kemic over the next couple of years will talk more about outside free play the idea that kids should be playing outside in an unstructured way, kind mm. of bringing, bringing freedom back mm. uh, in life of kids, not only kids, but uh, adults as well. And the idea that I can somehow have a small impact on people's lives is what the inspiration inspiration is. Mm. So you can look at it closer with my own team at work here and people in the company, mm. and then bigger scope with the work that we do if we can have a positive impact with consumers as well, then that, that I guess, would be what drives me. Nice. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to join me in this podcast. Uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Okay. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.